infantry soldier, former professional fighter, college graduate, author, poet, warrior, comedian. Worked in the following professions, soldier, fighter, financial planner, investment banking, mortgage banker, real estate agent, retail, has received the following awards, two times Purple Hearts, two times Combat Infantry Badges, Airborne Wings with Combat Jump Star, Expert Infantryman's Badge, Green Beret, Ranger Beret, FFKA North American Champion Belt 1998. Entered the Army as an infantryman in 1986. After only five months, he was top 50 caliber gunner, a top MK-19 gunner in his battalion, expert with M16, expert with M203 grenade launcher, expert with pistol, expert with M60MG, expert with the SAW, and took third in soldier of the, of the division in 1987. One of three enlisted soldiers to be uh, sent to airborne school from a straight leg infantry division since the closing of the Vietnam conflict. He was wounded in Panama while involved in an operation. He was run over by an enemy truck within 30 seconds of landing on the drop zone and still fought all night with a dislocated right hip, torn knee, tendons, and a third degree sprained ankle, not to mention the concussion sustained when struck by a vehicle moving at speed. Wounded by an IED in Iraq. He was called a murderer and assassin in court and his wounds were used as a basis to justify the loss of his children. In 2005, Pop was a man leading 159 soldiers in combat. By 2007, he was living out of his car homeless. He was written off by his wife, his country, his family, and had to come to grips that as a man, he was totally and completely expendable. He spent over 20,000 of his own money for rehabilitation equipment and therapy to fix his mind. He is the author of The Warrior's Way and The Soldier's Soul and runs www redonculus.com with over 52 videos posted including the award-winning Purple Hearts Last Beat. His story is not done yet either, not by a long shot. Please put your hands together for Terrence Pop. What are you going to do? Alright, let me get started. Uh, first, I am honored to be here. I uh, 
pulled some strings for uh, this venue to be at this location. Yeah, when I learned that uh, it was being taken from the double tree, I was, uh, I don't know, I, I got kind of pissed off. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not the guy that you get want to piss off, I guess. <laughs> hey, uh, Sir Meyer, can you bring my bag up here? I left some stuff in there. All right, yeah, you want, I, what can I say? Uh, as a person over the past 28 years who has been, you know, in the military system, I've seen firsthand a lot of the carnage and uh, waste that takes place uh, during this uh, fiasco fiasco that we're going to call uh, family court. Stand by. All right. So we've already gone through the introduction. All right. I want to set the stage for the video we're going to uh, show here. All right. As, as he covered in '07 when I wrote this. Uh, I was probably at the lowest I could possibly be in my life. Uh, I was, at that time, very disenfranchised. I had given my blood, my life, my soul to my country under the false belief that if I were to ever enter the legal system that would be treated fairly and the Constitution, which I have sworn a blood oath to defend, would apply to me. But nothing could be further from the truth. That's right. I mean, we're all here. I mean, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I'd like to start the video. Could I have everybody back there on your feet to come forward and fill the seats up here? Because this is just a small screen, and there's a lot of detail that you're going to miss out on. Also, this is a fictional representation of something that is going on 25 times a day out there in the real world. Now, I'm not going to, you know, kill you with statistics. We've already gone over the, you know, a male is four times more likely to commit suicide as soon as he hits the age of 18. Then it doubles into their, uh, their 20s. And then the divorced uh, male goes up. Yeah. I, the last studies I saw was like 13 to 15 percent. So it's only a logical jump to assume that members of the military, and especially veterans, would fall into this bracket, this barber pole, this range fan, I want to call it. Now imagine coming back from war. Uh, having your are these on? Yeah. your wife go yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a good way for this but uh, I'm a comedian so what's going to say you know uh, you know went cuckoo for cocoa penis puffs <laughs> crazy for some rice krispie treats and a couple of polo sausages sewn in there I'm just saying the situation was unrecoverable tried to work with it but couldn't <laughs> I mean, what are you, you going to do? So, you know, I, I filed for divorce, she filed for divorce. Mine got there 20 years before hers, so they had to use my paperwork. My paperwork was very amicable, okay? I, I, I was like, Grant, got it, you're, you're, you're going off the deep end, you're having whatever crisis you're having. 
got it, cool, we're going to drive on, I'm going to have half my kids' lives, you do what you do and I do what I do. But no, she wanted the check, okay? She was willing to sacrifice all of that time for a check. So the games ensued. Uh, I left on a three-week mission because I was unemployed. I got put on short-term orders to go run a uh, few machine gun ranges for a military brigade. And when I returned, I walked in the door and was greeted by my two daughters, who were very young at the time. But my six-year-old chocolate lab, Ranger, was missing. And when I inquired to where my dog was, I was greeted with a cold look and an answer, I told you I did not want you living here. Needless to say, I never saw the dog again. Okay, so you have the PTSD, the TBI issues, now I'm getting divorced, you took my dog, all my money, my home, and left me in a lurch. Now, if she had a dog, and that dog disappeared, I would go to jail. <laughs> but that didn't even come up. They wouldn't even discuss it. It was just a piece of property. No matter what the meant dog, well, no matter what the dog meant to me. And I took that as a warning that if this person who I had known for a third of their life could serve me up such a harsh and vicious betrayal, she could do anything. So to this date, I only communicate with her via text or email. My policy is, you don't get within 30 feet of me, you don't enter my property. If it can't be put on a printer or subpoenaed into court, it does not happen. Because the vowel laws are real, and they're ending military people's careers, law enforcement men's careers, at alarming speed. Okay. So, can I dim the lights? Can we start the video? I remember the letter I got from my wife while I was in Iraq. She said she wasn't happy. Others came home to a hero's welcome. I came home to the echo of an empty house. I lived with my children for eight years. I raised them when my wife worked. I fought for joint custody. I was called a murderer and an assassin in front of a judge. Why should I miss out on raising my children just because she isn't happy? I make $45,000 a year. She makes 40. After taxes, child support, child care, health care, I have 18,000 a year left to live on. I followed the rules. I went to the so-called friend of the court for some relief. They just said, 
It's the law. When I got laid off from work, I went there again, four times. I showed them the paperwork, and each time they told me I was in skilled trades and it should be easy for me to find a job. I guess they don't live in the real world. I had to pay the child support with my 401k. 10 years I saved for my retirement. She got half and the rest got spent to keep me out of jail. Then the money ran out. She's not happy, so now I live in poverty. The court has no problem slapping me in jail when I can't pay my child support. But she hasn't let me see my kids for a year, and when I go in front of a judge six times, all she gets are warnings. She's not happy, so now I can't see my children. Because she's not happy, I'm a felon. Because she is not happy, now I must go to prison. I got called up to go to war for my country. I got sent 7,000 miles away to bring freedom to those oppressed. Now my country has stripped me of my children. Now my country has forced me into poverty and servitude. Now my country has turned me into a criminal. It has doomed me to prison. All because she was not happy. deserve this.
was, uh... I was down. Okay, cool. We good here? All right. If you see, this is uh, dedicated Major Lance Waldorf. Just want to give you a little brief history on uh, this particular individual. When he was the first lieutenant, he was assigned to Company F-425 Airborne Infantry. He was my platoon leader and I his platoon sergeant. Now, if you are so fortunate enough, when you are a new lieutenant, to have a good platoon sergeant, he will make or break your career. He will teach you what is not in the books, the wisdom between the pages, and guide you through your, sex, uh, your successful command, which you will carry on for your military career. I was that man for him. He succeeded at his job. I spent 10 months to a year with him. We froze, we starved, we did airborne operations. We did everything soldiers do. I knew him, he knew me. He's a, he was like a brother to me. Okay, and the truth behind this video you see here, this was going to be my suicide. All right, I had planned it out. You know, some, I'm a methodical kind of guy. I had written 138 letters to be disclosed to my daughters over the, their life till uh, the birth of their first child. And I had put two lawyers on retainer, one to fight for my life insurance uh, and to administrate a trust, and then the other to handle the letters. My punch-out date was June 6, 2008. Major Lance Waldorf went to the Holly National Cemetery and shot himself on, uh, on June 2nd. So my platoon leader took the bullet that was meant for me. All right, that was, uh, it was eight years ago. I ran his funeral. I organized his taps in 21, his rifle squad, flag detail, watch at the crypt. I saw firsthand, firsthand how devastating that this was, and it changed my course of action. That I would not go down so easily. I would not pick a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I would uh, persevere, and I moved on. And uh, that's when I, uh, I did a few more videos under secondclasscitizen.org, but I had a real hard time dealing in the negative. So, uh, you know, since I suffered a TBI, I lost my ability to sleep, I said, why not uh, use this, my extra time that I have to uh, do something positive? So I started redonkless.com. And all of the subjects that were talked about here today, I touch on and I do so in a comedic light. And they are my therapy. They make me feel better, number one. Number two, if they make somebody else feel better, or they learn something, it's a win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, and even if they're entertaining, there's another one, so it's a win, win, win. Okay, there's a few other things I wanna go over here. Now I know that video, some people are very upset, and that's what's going down every single day. Uh, I would like to go over the Soldier Sailor Relief Act and regards that uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it was passed. 
but there are some things that we need to know that that particular law has no teeth. There are no punitive measures mentioned within that law, either it be directly or indirectly, uh, and it is violated by the family court system on a regular basis. And a lot of times these judges will say, I did not know anything about it. Well, if you go into a court and you say, well, I did not know about the law, I recall some words, ignorance of the law is no defense. And I think that should apply to the people who administrate it. I think we should be up to speed on that. So I, I, I dissect things using math since I uh, worked in that field for a while. If you have a child and you fight for custody, you'll probably lose because they've already gone over a lot of the stats. I think it's a 85-15 split what's going on right now. And they don't take into effect that of that 15% of the time that custody is awarded, to the male, five to seven percent of that time he was awarded that because it is uncontested. So in reality, when you really look at the numbers, it's 93-7. All right? Now in any other field or any other area in this country, if you were to pull out those statistics, you would get crucified. Flat out. It is what it is. It is discrimination. You walk into court with a peg D between your legs and a couple of seed pumps, and you're a loser. <laughs> Am I wrong? I, I'm not a, I don't have a PhD. I don't have, an, I don't have a, a master's degree. I just have a bachelor's degree in public administration. And I uh, explain things a little more colorfully than the average person. <laughs> Okay, now, in regards to the veterans out there, I mean, I've been looking at the statistics, and the lowest statistic I could find for male homelessness was 67%. That's a little, that's above 50%, but that's a little light in my book. And of some of those statistics, uh, I got this one from a credible study, I believe it was done by the VFW and the, and the uh, American vets, that of those male population, 32 to 40 percent at one point or another served in the military. Now, okay, now what is going on? We have to ask these questions. We have to raise the flag and, and, and ask why. Have it studied. I want to know what's going on. There's a failure somewhere and it needs to be corrected. Okay? Let's see. I want to bring to your attention a Matthew Hines, who was stationed somewhere in the Pacific in a submarine. Uh, this was going around in Facebook. I got this uh, two days before I, I came out here. And apparently, a, a, a Judge Margaret No 
had put a bench warrant out for his arrest to come to his custody battle for his little girl, which he had custody of before he deployed to sea. And the mother of the child had lost custody for, for unfit parent. Yeah, it's good words, I was gonna use something more cuddle. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna be first to tell you that the Navy is not gonna surface a nuclear sub and bring it to port <laughs> so one of their soldiers can make it to court because of uh, mm -hmm. Judge No has uh, failed to read the Soldier Sailor Act and needs to be held accountable. Well, Matthew Hines, uh, I have put all the fish in the water and all guns to bear in your situation. And uh, hopefully we'll see some resolution on this. I'm not a politician. I'm just a dude that suffers from uh, EGS and a little bit of early onset of OCD. And that would be evil genius syndrome and <laughs> early onset of old creepy dude. <laughs> okay, so, and I wanna also mention, and this one I found particularly um, disturbing to me and also helped uh, nail home the fact that my original course of action was wrong. It would have meant nothing except nothing but heartbreak and misery to my children and my immediate family and friends. I want to bring your attention to a Thomas James Ball, born February 21st, 1953, and he died on June 15, 2011. Mr. Ball was drafted and sent to Vietnam where he served honorably. He was discharged with full honors and benefits. He decided to make the ultimate sacrifice and committed suicide by self-immolation on the steps of the very system that was oppressing him as well. And in the end, he was called a terrorist. How dare he? How dare he set himself on fire and try to make a statement that something is radically, radically imbalanced here. Okay, and this whole journey that I've been on has helped me to see that in any system, be it your individual life, be it your club, military, government, world, you have yin and you have yang, and there needs to be a balance. And right now we are not, okay? The, the, the question and the answers are all before us. We have the largest prison population on the earth. And there's a lot of information you can get from them because they're not going anywhere. <laughs> The answers are there, you just ask them. As people have, but nobody has listened. I've seen the studies, and they're not pretty. Okay, and my final 
My final point here is a, uh, a statement made th thousands of years ago during ancient Greek by a man called, uh, I think it was Her Herdicles. And back then, when you hit the age of uh, some, some of the areas 15, some 16, they would put you together in lots of 100. And in his youth, this was done to him. And when he reached the age of 30, he was expected to train his share of lots because that whole military worked off of a phalanx. And this are, these are his, his words, and I've actually seen them come true when it was my turn to train soldiers. Out of every hundred men, ten of you shouldn't even be there. Eight of you, you're just targets. Nine of you, you're the real fighters, and we are lucky to have you. But one, one, will be a warrior, and it will be his job to bring you home alive. And I am that warrior. With that, are there any questions of me? Go. Okay, your stats on... Uh, One second. Okay, your stats on custody uh, granted to fathers. That includes... Okay, that includes um, all awards of custody, sole custody uh, to the father. My question is, and I can never seem to find this one, after a full custody trial only, what are the stats on granting uh, custody to the father after a full family court custody trial? And I can't find that stat anywhere. I can answer that question. Most of the time, you will never get to a full trial in a divorce hearing. When you do, I don't think anybody's tracking that. I do have a friend of mine, I will not mention his name, who went through a, I think it was a four-year battle for the custody of a daughter that he had discovered was born out of wedlock. And uh, he eventually got custody, but it cost him, I think we put the numbers together, somewhere over $130,000 in legal fees. The average person doesn't have the kind of money to go to go to trial. I, I certainly did not. What's the answer though? What is the rate of custody to fathers after full-blown custody trial, no settlement, judge order? I, I would have to look into that. I do not know. I can't find it. I can't find it either. No. That's a good question. Anyone else? Yeah, hi. Um, I don't have a question. I just wanted to say thank you. All right. Yes. First, uh, thank you for your service. And secondly, the statistic that 70% of those who are deployed are divorced by the time they return and 90% within not five years, where did you find that statistic? Well, first of all, that particular statistic is from my personal observations. Uh, maybe it's different for the, 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 the military in general, but combat troops, men that are, are up in the front lines or are subject to high deployment rate, is very, very close to that number. I, again, these are, I'm just speaking here as a dude, 
and uh, these are my observations in my opinion. Um, once again, I um, just wanted to say uh, thank you for your service. Um, I spent six years in the military as well, and that's how I got into this uh, movement is because I've noticed a lot of uh, military fathers, uh, the very system that they were sworn to protect screws them in the end when they come back home. And so I want to say that, uh, once again, thank you for your service. But my question is, is that um, I'm sure you, you've heard the term UCMJ. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> My, my, my question is, how is the UCMJ different from, when it comes to family court, how is it different from uh, civilian court? And meaning that in, in a sense of uh, child custody, because from what I understand is that soldiers have an even harder time in, fa in uh, family court than uh, civilian. Uh, uh, correct, I, I actually talk about this in Administrative Violence 1 on redonkless.com on how to handle situations. Now from my observation in, in my times, it usually did not go well for the service member when they're involved or embroiled in a uh, bitter divorce or custody battle. So let, let me just set the record straight. I've been a team leader four different teams, squad leader for about six squads, platoon sergeant for five different platoons, a first sergeant for four companies, one of which was in Abu Ghraib prison in 2004 in the Sunni Triangle belly of the beast. I have seen over and over and over again the same patterns. If you are in the service and you have children and you go through a divorce, a large portion of these service members will opt to get out of the service to follow their children. Okay, and now I have to go find a new person to replace them, and he might have a bunch of other experience that is irreplaceable and I cannot put a dollar amount to. I have you know, one individual I speak with on a regular basis who after 12 years went through a bitter divorce where some false allegations he was barred from re-enlistment. His career came to an end. Now this particular individual was a SIGINT intelligence guy with the highest level of access who could read and write four different, four Asian uh, dialects and speak an additional eight, and that meant nothing. Can't replace a guy like that. Okay, now I've also seen, you know, I was privy to, um, some of the soldiers chain of command making unreasonable requests and demands which fell out of the scope of, of, of their command. Now, fortunately for those particular individuals, I was within earshot and I raised a hand and said, oh, wait a minute. We're not going to uh, have him give all kinds of money and do all kinds of things unless there's a court order. We follow the law, if there's court order, we do it. If not, there's a, a JAG and there is other avenues, the civilian avenues that need to be addressed first. But there are times when the, 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 the service member's chain of command doesn't have knowledge of what's going on and makes unreasonable uh, demands of the service members. It does get much harsher. That's why, that's why another reason they get out. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very devastating. Anybody else? Yeah. 
Mike is check. You can Okay. Paternity fraud. Have, have you seen any instances of paternity fraud in the military? <laughs> all right. First of all, let's just, a tra uh, let's just uh, put a little comedy in this, okay? When I was 17 to 22, I was slinging seed like an old bird feeder. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to lie to you. It's just what it is. Okay? Have I, have I specifically seen anyone have to pay for a child that's not theirs? Yes and no. I've never seen it go down like you have seen, but I've seen service members who got married, adopted children that weren't theirs, and then had to pay a child support on those children. Uh, and I believe I've covered that in Dupe the Next Dude, and in your particular instance, I covered it in DNA Getaway. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm able to, you know, bring some cheeriness to you after this crazy video. But, What's the website again? Uh, I have uh, redonkless.com. It's R-E-D-O-N-K-U-L-A-S.com and secondclasscitizen.org. And also, you know, a lot of these videos, I mean, I wrote the scripts and I make up the, a lot of the material, but none of it would be possible without my producer who could not be here today. Because ironically, he films weddings. <laughs> <laughs> and we are in wedding season. <laughs> All right. That guy is my other half, and he is really good at what he does. And uh, he's just as passionate as I am. But it is what it is. got to make a buck. Anybody else? All right, go. Uh, first of all, thanks for being funny. It's, it's nice to see um, Suicide in the military in both Canada and the United States, probably in the UK as well, is actually a pretty major issue. Um, I was wondering if you could perhaps shed some light on possible services or ability to, uh, to get counseling or, or, well, or any support in that. Well, first of all, from my observation, they are doing all that they can within their power to try to curb this horrible thing that's going on, okay? But at the end of the day, what they do is they enforce the last 300 meters of our foreign policy, okay? What is going on with these suicides is, is, is not military related, it's a sick society, okay? When you build a situation or you put together a institution that could take an intangible away from you, like love and hope and and all and everything else. It's evil. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I've seen, I, 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 you know, I've I've seen the programs, and really, they they're doing a fantastic job with what they have. I think it would be much worse if they weren't. So, I mean, all being said, it is what it is. This is an actual question. Uh, I'm a veteran. Uh, my experience in the military was that as men were stripped by family courts, and I did see paternity fraud cases in the military, the military command 
turn their backs on the soldiers. That's what, that's what I saw. Uh, I'm not speaking to the services that are provided for soldiers after they come back from combat and the support that they're getting. But part of the problem I saw, and, but I was in the military many years ago, and I'm hoping you can tell me that it has changed because the way it was when I was in was that if you got in any kind of an accusation or a, a, a paternity allegation or a bitter divorce, you were pretty much on your own. That's pretty much how it goes. Okay. Well, I, now listen, I, they, they do, they are in the business of enforcing the last 300 meters of foreign policy. They are not in the business of what, you, what, what needs to happen. Okay, now it, it does happen a lot, I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh, you know, as a f former first sergeant, I've had to deal with these issues. I myself did not turn my back on these soldiers. I told them where to go. I picked, I picked up a couple times, you'd take out the yellow pages and go, hey man, you're gonna call this guy here and we're gonna talk to him. And uh, how about uh, you find out what his retainer is and we'll put an allotment so your pay can go to pay for his, you know, what needs to be done. And it, it just, you just have to care. Obviously there's, there's some, some stuff that went on when you were there that you didn't have that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I always try to be the sergeant that, you know, that one day, all of you here, okay, are going to have to box up a child or a grandchild, and you're going to have to send them to war. Okay? Maybe it'd be a niece or nephew, but it's going to happen. Because war is not going to go away. It's been here since the beginning of time, and it will be the end of us. Okay? Now, this is the sergeant I try to be. That when and if that day comes, you will get on your knees and you will pray to the great maker to protect your loved one. And then you will pray for your loved one to fall on the books of a sergeant such as I. It's just that simple. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.